subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Let's get this SEC theme going. So we got these 2024 SEC matchups. Let's start with the Arkansas one, Tommy. According to Chris Lowe, you're going to play Texas at home in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, your third to last game of the season, November the 16th, which I would guess it's going to be pretty chilly. I kind of like where that falls in the schedule. You're not going to ever get those guys last, so getting them second basically before you play a cupcake team and then you play that i i like where it sets up in the schedule i don't know how you feel how do you know it'll be a cupcake team there the next week yeah i mean they're just they'll unless something completely changes i think they'll put that at uh week 11 or was that week 12 because there's a bye week and then week 13 you know i don't know where arkansas is we know uh what you got oklahoma state week two of course, we're talking about we're talking about a schedule. What, what are you talking about next year or the year a, or the year after? Twenty twenty. Make sure I'm clear. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, because we know you got Oklahoma State. What uh, early in the year? So, Second yeah. Week. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah. I like having Texas probably later in the year than, than early because that game's going to mean a lot. And you, you're hoping you're playing your best football by then. That, that's that's what you're hoping. According to FootballSchedules.com, Louisiana Tech is scheduled for November the twenty third. Um, and then Texas, of course, the week before. You've got six games scheduled. UAPB and Little Rock that first week. Oklahoma State, like we mentioned. UAB the following week. And then Texas A&M in Jerry World, which I believe has already been announced at this point. So I think that's, again, I think that's pretty much set in stone where that game's going to lie, where you have. I, the question is, and th- this got asked yesterday, is Missouri still going to be the last game of your schedule? Because that has not been released yet. I wouldn't think they'd change it, but... Who knows? Well, who else would you schedule Missouri to play that last week? Now, I think they're going to still keep a lot of those rivalry games. Now, you got to filter some of them in, and there's rivalries other than the provincial rivalries, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that'll that'll hold up there. Uh, you, you know, that, that final week, week 13 or whatever it is, actually on the calendar, um, you know, it's, it's still going to be loaded up with those in-state rivalries that have to be played in a lot yeah. of cases that final game of the year. I think I'm starting to come around a little more on this Missouri-Arkansas rivalry. We keep losing these guys. I'm not a big fan of Eli Drinkwitz. He's a good coach, but he loves twisting the knife. Uh, I don't like Missouri Midwest fans. So I'm starting to come around on this a little more than I was initially. We, we may have to point. treat it like more of a rivalry if we want to beat them. Well, that's you're exactly right. I mean, Arkansas doesn't take this game seriously enough. They treat it like it's their Super Bowl, and that displayed on Friday. So hopefully at some point. You never won in Columbia either, Tommy. We'll see if that changes this next year. Yeah, you, you've got to, uh, you got to make this thing happen. So anyway, uh, it's be a rivalry you can't have a one a lopsided arkansas alabama is not a rivalry <laughs> it nope. just isn't it just isn't 
There's got to be some back and forth. All right, some other games on this schedule. Miami starting off their season against the Florida Gators. This is old U Spurrier. I mean, I like this this matchup early to get things going. We know we see Florida and Florida State at the tail end of every year, but this is a, a tradition-rich game, and while Billy Napier's got a lot of pressure on him heading into the next season, we'll see how Mario Crispel, what he feels together, but I'm going to watch that game, no question. Yeah, and um, I, I like where some of these are, are falling. I mean, I, I wish they'd sprinkle some of these games throughout so that each week had, you know, a, a surefire blockbuster. That's for sure. Notre Dame's going to Texas A&M that first week as well. So Notre Dame will travel to two SEC stadiums back-to-back, of course, taking on your Arkansas Razorbacks the following year. Some other notable games. Uh, you got early Georgia-Alabama matchup in Tuscaloosa on September the 28th. They could ultimately wind up in the SEC championship one again. Once again, we'll see what some other teams have to say about that. But uh, that's an early matchup for the Kirby Smart and Nick Saban this next year, Tommy. Georgia playing who? I didn't hear you there. Bama. Oh, well, <laughs> is it getting bigger? Um, I mean, and that could be a re- obviously it's going to be a rematch of the SEC championship game. I don't know how we don't know how the college football playoff will fall. That could. That could potentially be a rematch again of, uh, of teams in the playoffs still. Georgia's going to Texas on October the 19th. That should be an intriguing game. You've got Alabama and LSU, kind of the same spot where they played for a while. Bama's taking on Oklahoma late, the second-to-last game of the season. So they could potentially have to travel to Norman and then come back home and host Auburn and Hugh Freeze, assuming that's how it plays out. And then the one that I thought was going to land on this spot, Texas going to College Station to take on Texas A&M on Rivalry Week, November the 30th, a game that's traditionally been in that spot in the Big 12. It's now in that spot in the SEC next year. Yeah, so... uh I, I, you know, what, is there any date I know on the, on an official release on this? Are the league's going to put this out, or is, is this still just a media report? Chris Lowe is pretty rock solid when he gets stuff like this. So Generally, while yeah. it's a media, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's 100% conclusive unless the SEC just put it out late, and I haven't seen it to this point. I think it's just on ESPN.com and what Chris Lowe got. But usually, again, when he gets stuff, he most of the time doesn't release it without pretty rock solid intel in this situation yeah so um i guess you know generally this i don't want to say this is a trial balloon i think he's gotten his hands on some good information but i, I you know i guess what because generally it, during football we got the opponents but generally you get a you know a, a solid schedule that you you know you know date by date and people start making their plans for the following year when does that come out it always has in like late mid to late october previously now we're in we're in a whole new world now so uh but Traditionally, before we had the expansion and things were um, a little more fluid, it was it was always about the middle part of your year. Well, you got a kind of a morsel or an appetizer of what it looks like. There is going to be again with the additions of Texas and Oklahoma. There's not going to be many weeks where you're looking at the conference outside of maybe the second to last week of the season, and say, "Ugh, I don't like this at all." So, again, Arkansas, at least on according to football schedules, maybe I need to double check on the authenticity of that but I think that's correct that they do have at least six of the games scheduled so we'll have to see where the other six games in the conference are set to be played for Arkansas next year yeah so uh we'll keep an eye on all of that and uh um, you know, you look at Arkansas' schedule for next year because you know the opponents, but like I said, don't know the weeks and don't know which, you know, where they're going to be at uh, or know where they're at, but not where they're at in the schedule. You know, it's hard to find a lot of games even for next year. And I know the rosters aren't set, but 
hard to find a lot of th- games going to circle next year that, hey, that mm-hmm. that's a win right there. Yep. And when it comes to, to the football team this next year, there's a lot that can change between now and then. We just spoke to Chris Poupal entering the transfer portal. According to Hog Pete, Sam Ibaque's kicked off the Sam Ibaque's kicked off the team. Uh, Jalen Lewis already announced entering the portal. So that's three guys at this point. Uh, there's some other things that are going to transpire, not just on the player side, but the coaching side as well. At least that's what we expect. Uh, Sam Pittman got asked earlier this week about, hey, what is the staff going to look like on the defensive side? Because I think a lot of us expect offensive changes, but what about defensive changes? Here's what he said about that. You know, those questions are hard to answer. Obviously, I'd like to have a little bit more time to evaluate everybody, but those are hard to answer at this point. You know, we, have to, we just got our butt kicked. I need to take some time to figure out exactly what we need to do over the entire staff. You like what you saw in year one from this staff, right? Deke Adams in his second season really solidified that defensive line out of the portal. Darren Wilson, Marcus Woodson, Travis Williams. I mean, they had a pretty solid defense this year. I would expect Marcus Woodson as the passing game and associate defensive coordinator to potentially field defensive coordinator job offers I don't know where that could end up but I would think he's going to get looked at based on Arkansas's improvement Um, he could be a guy that ends up exiting for a higher paid job or just again an up from going from where he's at now to where's that I don't think Pittman and maybe I'm wrong maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes but I don't think he's going to look at this staff and make changes himself I just think there's an opportunity for some of these guys to get better jobs at least that's my vantage point on this well potentially on that side I, you know I was really surprised we didn't hear something on some staff changes or some releases yesterday I know there were some internet you know rumors or whatever floating around out there but uh, I was really surprised that uh, you know we didn't hear some news in the next day or two. And I think maybe there'll be some different news that they're maybe preparing for in the NIL thing. Maybe, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Keep thinking. We'll get something on this NIL stuff soon, Ty. So but, it, um, it, you go ahead. I, 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 I you know, there, but there's, I think there's going to be some, some news both ways. And I, you know, depending on where you sit, I, I think some of these staff changes would be positive news in the minds of, of a lot of fans. So can we all agree that the offensive coordinator is the number one priority that Sam Pittman needs to have at this point? Is there any other thing that needs to take precedent other than that? I think it's O-line. So you would put the off, even though really you don't do. know who's going to run that, run that offensive line at this point, potentially? <sighs> well, you, yeah, I mean, I'm saying more like you need to get worry about who your O line is going to be. I mean, so you have that as priority one over who they're yeah. going to hire at OC. Yeah, because you can kind of tweak your offense based on your O line, but you don't really want to have to do that that much. You just want to be able to trust that they're going to block. Obviously, what, what do you think it is, Tommy? You think it's retaining players? You think it's adding players? Offensive coordinator, NIL. I mean, what what is his the what is the front of his to do list need to be at this point? Offensive coordinator, figure out who's going to run your offense so that the players that you have on your roster can make a good evaluation. Um, I don't disagree with Christian, but you need to figure out what direction you're going and, and hey, here's here's the leader on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's important. I agree with Christian that they're, you know, I don't want to say you, you, <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to make uh, staff changes to appease a fan base. I think with the season over, I don't know that you got to go fire Cody Kennedy at this point, 
but I think a lot of people, at least, uh, you know, and you, you don't run your, your program based on what Twitter or social media is saying, but I think a lot of people are expecting a, a change to be announced. Now, a lot of times, you know, they never send you a release, oftentimes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't when someone's let go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a release when someone's hired uh, that comes out of the, the PR department or the media relations department. So there could have been some changes. I know there was a lot of rumblings and rumors on social media, but you got to be really careful when the waters are choppy like this that you can't believe what's just on your your screen on your phone. David and Alma texted in on the McCarty Daniel hotline, Tommy. He said he's been surprised at the pushback towards Sam Pittman and Hunter Yurchek from Hog fans. Have you been I – mean, is this just typical – I mean, we've been through coaching searches before. Do you think this has reached a severity that was kind of unexpected based on how this season has gone and based on the, the pushback and the feedback that we've received? Oh, I mean, just talking to people. Um, they're trusting – everybody likes Sam, but they're not sure he's the guy to lead the program. He's, he's got some credibility to rebuild, and the only way to do that is to win. You so, speak of win. Drake in Minnesota wants to know if they go five and seven next year. Is that enough winning to save Sam Pittman's job? I would think a bowl. It's bowl game or bust next season. Now, again, there, there's a lot that can happen between now and then. It's also again, as we've spoken to, how you win and how you lose to this point. But I would, and again, we are 270 some odd days till they play UAB, UAPB. Excuse me. I would be surprised if this team didn't make a bowl game next season if he retained his job at this point. I think I think that's fair, and I think there's – I don't know that, you know, only Sam Pittman and Hunter Yurchek know if there's been – it's probably way too early to have any kind of conversation that, hey, it's, it's this or you're out kind of conversation. And I think those are hard lines to draw in the sand, but I think you got to have a clear understanding about what expectations are for next year. Um, if your expectation is to be six and six in a bowl game, I don't think you're an unreasonable fan. If you're telling me it's got to be nine wins next year or they need to let go of the coach or maybe even eight and he's fired, I think that's an unreasonable take. But if, if Ty, you're sitting here telling me, hey, you really need to have at least a 500 record last year or next year, um, I, don't, I don't think you're being unreasonable. What do you think about this? If you want to call or text us on the McCarty Daniel hotline, you can do so at 877-377-6963. So you referenced the schedule earlier, so let's lay it out again. You've got the first game in Little Rock against UAPB. That's a win. Second game in Boone Pickens against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Pretty up in the air. Third game's against UAP, UAB. <laughs> Hang on. Is that game up in the air in Stillwater? That's the team that's going to play in Arlington this weekend well, I don't think, for the Big 12 I don't think people are confident about winning that game. So, yeah, if you want to say Oklahoma State's favored in that, I would 100% agree with you at okay. this point. Right. So, fourth I game. Mean, I would have a hard time circling the, the game at Stillwater. Yeah, fourth game, Texas A&M, Jerry World, new head coach Mike Elko, who was announced earlier this week. Curious to see what kind of team he feels. Then you start SEC play, and you get rolling. Then, you know, two of your games in November, Texas being the third to last game. Then you'll play Louisiana Tech at home, and then you'll close out, I would guess, in Columbia, Missouri. You've got your away games being the Texas A&M game, the Missouri game, Auburn and Mississippi State. It could be worse. You don't have to play Florida, or you don't have to play Florida. You don't have to play Georgia. You don't have to play Alabama. Your home games are LSU, Texas, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. So again, you brought it up earlier this week. 
it's not exactly easy to find six, seven wins on this schedule next year. No. And that's what I'm saying. So if your expectations are eight or nine wins, are you going to make, you know, well, just go ahead and make a change because <laughs> I don't see eight or nine next year based on that schedule. You, if you can find them, you're, you know, listen, our roster is going to be, I think, dramatically different. A lot of other teams are going to be dramatically different. We base a lot of what's going to happen next year on what's happened this year. And the rosters are a lot different. That's why we, that's why we see turnarounds. We, you know, let's let's keep in mind Missouri. You know, Drinkowitz was on the hot seat going into this year and found a way to win ten games. So I'm not saying it can happen, but if that's your absolute expectation, or we're going to make a change, you know, at the head coaching spot, I think you're going to be disappointed. Left one team, if you will. I would probably. Oh, well. uh, I just think we got to have reasonable expectations when you look at the schedule next year. Right now, I don't see more than five or six wins if things go right. And that's not what you want to hear, but that's just, I mean, if you can find eight to circle on that schedule, bless your heart, I can't do it. That's so. a tough, again, that's a tough sell to a fan base that just experienced yeah, a four and eight season with one SEC win, uh, a non conference home loss to, to BYU. Again, that I think it's more reality than maybe some others think, like you're saying. I think that's more truthful, but it's just a hard sell next year. Well, it tells you the amount of work that needs to be done to restore the program to where you want it to be, and I just don't think it's an overnight project. Um, so, in the end, the, the, the answers always lie on the recruiting trail, as Chuck says, and I, I you know, the, the answers are going to lie in the transfer portal. Um, this is an important three weeks coming up for this program, not just to secure the, uh, not just to secure the the, the the 24 signees, but also to to really bolster your roster uh, through that transfer portal as well. Jr's called in this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Jr, welcome into the program, man. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good, buddy. Good. Just just my two cents here. I, I don't think there's any amount of money that you can put into that program that will change the effort that was put on the field Friday by those guys that were playing. That was their bowl game. <clears throat> and uh, I'm just resigned to the fact that, you know, keeping him one more year, I guess, is going to lessen the blow of the buyout, which I guess is all boils down to money. But um, I just wonder how much money we're talking about with an offensive coordinator and a staff, you know, because <clears> – <throat> Dan Enos was a sacrificial lamb that got blamed for all the stuff that went on, and we seen that that wasn't the problem. And <clears throat> Arkansas is just a dumpster fire in the SEC. We're, we're laughing stock. We're not going to – nothing's going to change because of the effort that the team has lost, basically. And it's crazy to, to think that NIL money is going to change all that whenever you have the effort that you've seen in those last three or four games that we played. Um, anyway, that's my two cents. So y'all have a good day. Jared, appreciate the call. I, listen, I, I was as frustrated with anyone at the effort that was displayed or not displayed, um, frankly, this past Friday. And I would say, again, defensively, they were put in horrible situations once again. Josh Braun touched on it after the game. They've got to stop putting their defense in bad situations. He plans on, on coming back this year to this point. But I do wonder that the idea that NIL is not going to help things. 
I think is is been presented by several fans, Tommy, that they feel like that even if Arkansas was given a good chunk of NIL money, they don't think it's going to be fixed like Jr. was insinuating this morning. Well, I don't think money's going to solve all the problems, but um, you know, I I just wonder how much, and we focus on Arkansas. Uh, but some of these what what appear to be systemic issues with NIL. And, you know, I just think when, when the things start to circle the drain and spiral in the season, um, y- these things become a bigger issue. Uh, you got divides in locker rooms. And some of this we're presuming because we're not in these locker rooms. But mm-hmm. it just goes to make sense. You hear things that are, are said and you hear rumblings. So I've got to believe that, uh, with JR, that money's not going to solve it all. There are some some foundation blocks that need to be fixed here, but I think some of these problems did start at the beginning of the year. I do think there was a disconnect between Dan Enos and some of his players. His style of, of not only play, but management of the players, if you will, and the way he interacted with them, I, didn't, I don't think set well. And uh, In the end, you had to make a change. I don't think he was just a scapegoat. I think things just generally weren't working out. Let's talk to Brent real quick. Brent, you got a minute, man. Fire away. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I tell you what, with that schedule I just heard that was coming out today, or what you just said that has been reported by Chris Lowe, no hope, Ty. No hope. No hope. And there's one. Can y'all do me one favor? What's up, Brent? Can, y- can y'all change some of your opening things? I don't want to hear, yes, sir, another time, and I don't want to hear Crank up that damn jukebox. We're out of quarters, okay? I can't afford to play the jukebox anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Brent, for uh, some uplifting well, uh, some uplifting calls. Listen, Brent knows offensive line play. His dad was the offensive line coach way back at, at Arkansas. And anything that's going to – if there's one thing that you can do to fix this program, we know what the issues were this year. It's all on the offensive line. That, that, that's the place that in the end, when you come out of the portal and all this, you can't fix it next year and with signing freshmen. But yeah. that's where it's that's where it's got to get fixed for next year. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian dining room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12, dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6, eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so plenty of news here in Fayetteville and across the board in the Southeastern Conference. Bruce, you, you made a good point about teams, fan bases being happy with their said head coach right now. And two have made changes. You have Texas A&M hiring Mike Elko, and you also, I'm at Mississippi State hiring Jeff Lebby, which Elko, I thought they were going to get a bigger name. Evidently, that's the route they went. Lebby, I think, is a decent fit based on his offensive mind and what could happen in Starkville. We know Georgia fans are happy. Missouri fans are happy. You let us know Tennessee fans are happy. Uh, Alabama fans, Ole Miss fans. What about LSU fans, guys? How much do like if Jalen Daniels if Jalen Daniels wins the Heisman Trophy does that like make them happy this year? I think even it though, does. Okay. I mean that's that's like another crowning achievement for your program. I mean, winning winning a Heisman, uh, but Kelly's obviously lost some big games since he's been at LSU. Yeah, I mean he did get blown out by Tennessee at home last year, even though he won the division. Uh, they weren't they weren't a threat to win the national championship and, and they were taken out early this year with some non conference losses. So I think Kelly's gonna be stable, but I think they're they're kind of second tier SEC right now is what you'd have to say. What do you what do you think happened in College Station with Mark Stoops? Do you think they were set to hire him and the fan base revolted like Greg Schiano in Tennessee? Or do you think there it was less about that and more about maybe Mark Stoops' agent trying to get him a raise Lexington, what happened there? I mean, obviously I don't know the inner workings of it, but I, I think it would have been a great hire. When you look at Kentucky football, especially where Kentucky's located and where football is in the pecking order at that school it's never going to be number one but they still draw sixty five thousand a game they have a very avid fan base uh he he knows how to build an offensive defensive line that's his identity they, they play tough football in the trenches they run the ball they're successful uh you know they beat a top 10 team in louisville to end the year probably a little disappointing year i think they had a little higher expectations but you know, they've been to eight straight bowl games under Stoops, and I think that's what any probably mid-tier SEC program uh, in Kentucky had always been mid-tier. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's been a bottom dweller. So for them to go to eight straight bowls and have a coach that's actually desired by other schools, you know, that's a compliment uh, to Stoops. So, yeah, I, th- I think he was a viable candidate. I don't know what happened behind closed doors. Uh, or his His message was after the Louisville game, he was – so in love with Kentucky and his fans, he wasn't going anywhere. So nice I guess you gotta, guess you got to believe him. Nice spin. See, no offense to Mark Stoops, but I didn't think that's a big enough name for A and M. I figured they'd shoot for Same higher here. than. But is I Elko? Mean, that's what huh? I. No, you, you hired I mean, the defensive coordinator, the guy that got fired. So I mean, but, I think this needs to be a wake up call to Arkansas fans that are demanding change right now. 
if a and I mean, I understand, you know, Mike Elko's success at Duke, and he and he's a familiar person to them because he because he worked there previously as a coordinator. But if Mark Stoops and Elko are your top, truly your top two candidates, I mean, I I thought they'd go after Dabo Sweeney or someone, you know, really shoot for the top shelf of college football. I was surprised a And M. Um, yeah, at least publicly, weren't, weren't wasn't going after bigger names. Well, you know? the other thing Arkansas fans got to remember, you know, had Urechek made some feelers, did did he go out and see? You don't want a Shiano deal. You don't want a national embarrassment. Yeah. So did he, uh, you know, see if there were some people who could be gotten to come here and? Uh, he get a lot of negative responses and just yeah. said, well, we need to wait another year. Because, honestly, I think Jeff Levy's a good hire, but that that's not a showstopper. Elko's not a showstopper. So, nope. if Arkansas can't do better or as good as that, then maybe you just wait a year. And sometimes that's you, just what you have to do. I'll tell you one thing that uh, Hunter Urechek would like was the structure of the contract that I saw on Jeff Levy over at Mississippi State. <laughs> it's, it's reasonably small in base and got a lot of incentives, and he gets uh, – he gets – money per win past five in the sec and it's very incentive laden contract that he's taking there in starkville well good for them so somebody's got to take the lead and stopping this buyout and big money insanity you know it, it's a it's a yeah. privilege to coach at an sec school and yeah i mean there's pressure you know if you got thin skin it's not for you uh you're on people like us are going to talk about it yeah. and write about it and it, you know probably sucks but you know you got to stop giving all these big buyouts and getting yourself in a bad way financially, and and that's that's good for them. All right. So last thing on this before we jump into our Pradco Pyramid of Power, we mentioned the firings. We mentioned the fan bases. They're happy with their head coaches right now. Florida, South Carolina, and Arkansas. I would probably put Gator fans as the angriest right now, just based on their expectations. Arkansas and South Carolina fans not far behind based on how their season's played out. Well, I talked to one of my favorite uh, Florida Gator fans, Tyler Collier, lives in Greenwood yesterday, and I tried to harass him about going five and seven two years ago, and all he did was say, well, we beat you in the swamp again, didn't we? And I was like, well, I guess I, I, guess I can't say much about that. Not happy, but he, he thinks, you know, you got to give your guy another year or two. You know, giving a guy two years, that's that's still hard. Uh, to judge, you know, you got to give them three or four years, get get their players in, give them a chance to recruit and uh, coach. But you know, two two years of five and seven at Florida, where they won three national championships in the last twenty five years, that's that's not good enough. Nope, it is not to this point. All right, let's get into it. It is time for you said, Tommy, is this the last or second to last Pride Cup? Well, the last, I guess. La- no, we'll do another one. I guess because things could change. I guess after the SEC championship, get last regular season. I guess. All right. Is, it, is this week the postseason? Who are the best football teams think in so. the SEC? SEC. SEC. Pre-post. Let's find out. Perhaps there I could go. be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. All right. This game was set a couple weeks ago. Alabama, Georgia, SEC championship. Atlanta, Georgia opens as a favorite in this one. Tommy and I would guess they're still on top of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Yeah. So let me start with a question. Let me change the SEC championship game this week. Get your guys' thoughts. What if it was Alabama and Missouri? We just took Georgia out of the mix. Who would who would win neutral site, Alabama, Missouri? Alabama. Alabama. Okay. They're 8-9 and nine in the poll this week, and uh, 
you know, eleven and one, ten and two schedules, eight and zero in the league, six and two for Mizzou after beating Arkansas. Yeah, I still have Georgia at the top. They had a probably a closer than most people thought uh, victory against Georgia Tech. I thought that'd be a tough game, and the, a lot of these rivalry games, regardless of records and rankings turn out this way 31 23 the final so georgia's still at the top they'll settle it on the field this week with bama and georgia uh, in atlanta alabama <laughs> I, I mean that's what college football is all about the iron bowl we're talking about games closer than they should be um comes down to the throw there at the end on fourth and goal at the 31 that's as, guys that was as exciting a moment as there is in college football and that's why bama's bama they pull those things off uh, more than they don't that was frustrating to watch. Uh, credit Jalen Milrow oh, great. for throwing it, throwing it just a perfect ball. But I just, well, I'm sick of Alabama. I, I didn't watch it live. You know, I, we got a rule. Like if Tennessee's playing, we're going to watch Tennessee. I'm not flipping around and watching somebody. I don't care who it is. So we, we wanted to see Amaleva playing at the end of the game. So we didn't see the Alabama play uh, live. But I'm sure there's Arkansas fans like that. You wouldn't switch to another game if your thing's playing. Mm-mm. Nope, you're, you you're exactly right. But, uh, you know, I, I, you've got Alabama fatigue. But Alabama's not a program Arkansas is ever going to be on the same shelf with. Not not anytime soon. So, I mean, I want the programs that you got a chance to, to be equal with or better than. Like, And I think Auburn's in that group. Missouri's in that group. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I want them to lose every time they go out on the field. So, you know, Bama beating Auburn is good, good with me. All right, Missouri stays number three. I had Missouri at three last week when you were away, Bruce. Uh, yeah, you snuck I, that I, in on you, me. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the way they've been playing. They, huh? lost, they lost to LSU at home. They had a chance, yeah. and, and they didn't get it done. Ole Miss has been consistently winning games, and mm-hmm. there are two losses to the, to the two teams above them. So I, I think, you know, top five offense in the country – True identity. Uh, they're number three. You got you got Ole Miss, Ole Miss number three. Or, Ole Miss Rebels. You got Ole Miss Rebels three. Okay, I got Ole Miss number four. Um, you know they're ten and two, seven and one, as you said. Beat uh, Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Another close game, seventeen to seven. Uh, there. I, I mean, I just think Missouri's been been playing, and they haven't had the the challenge of playing in the West. Uh, and you can certainly make the case. I think it's very close between Missouri and Ole Miss. That'd be another game that uh, right now, you know, play that game and let's, let's, let's see what would happen. LSU, I understand they beat Missouri on the field. They're 9-3, and 6-2. and two. Uh, They beat A&M 42-30 last week. I got them at number five. Yeah, I, I flipped that. I, I, when I watched LSU beat Missouri with my own eyes, I said, you know, they beat them, you know, and it was at Como. So LSU, yep. even though they're nine and three, same conference record, six and two. Uh, Ole Miss, Missouri, LSU, all six and two in the conference. I just think, mm-hmm. uh, again, West teams, Mississippi, Ole Miss, and uh, LSU had better, better, little better season than and Missouri if did. Missouri had played Florida State rather than Kansas State. They'd have three losses yeah, rather than two. No doubt. So I, was, no I, doubt. I, and I told Tommy this last week. I had Ole Miss at three, LSU at four, and Mizzou at five. Well, kind of like and, you did. And, and Ole Miss, they played Tulane. At Tulane. Yeah, that was, I mean, that wasn't an easy game. It was a good game. Very good game. Guys, look at the margin of victory Missouri had over Arkansas. Arkansas is probably the best 4-8 and eight team in the country. What are you stirring up, man? Just trying to make a point. Oh, <laughs> man. I don't have a lot to stand on there. I mean, they 48-14 to 14 against one of the better four wins. How many teams, teams so. have four wins? Most of the bad teams in the <laughs> SEC have five wins. So, I, I guess they're the best 4-8 and eight team in the SEC. Yeah. 
All right, then Tennessee uh, is number six in my uh, Pradco Pyramid of Power. I just think they're better than any others in their record. You know, while it's four and four in the league, it's eight and four on the year. Uh, like them better than A&M, like them better in Kentucky. Well, they beat both of them. I mean, you beat both of them. You should be ranked ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, – but there is, I would say, a, a pretty substantial gap this year. And we know Tennessee clocked LSU last year, but I think there's a gap, pretty big gap between five and six to this point. There's a gap. You know, in what you saw in Como with uh, the Vols, even though it was 10-7 at halftime, they, they got blown off the field in the second yeah. half. And and look at the margin of victory over Vandy, forty eight twenty four. I mean, Vandy's one of the better two and ten teams in the country. So they're they're definitely the best zero and eight conference team. In the country. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had I, I had so. I had an Arkansas fan that may or may not have been inebriated as I was walking away from the stadium. He poked me on the shoulder and said, "Are you doing the post game?" I said, "Yeah." And he said, "You need to open the show with that Vanderbilt is the Arkansas of the SEC East." Well, well there's no always worries. take advantage. Do it right now. Always take advice on, from a drunk fan leaving the stadium. Division That's a great, play. great way. Yeah, I heard you talking about that, Tommy. I, I think the pulse of the fans is the pulse of the fans. The first seventy thousand, or how many people were at the game? Forty-eight thousand. Well, they what do they, what do they say, Tommy? Fifty-nine, but they're they're it's fifty-nine thousand. I think. Yeah, I think if those people are three, four, and seven, and show up and watch that, that, that is the pulse. Yeah, I'm curious. Again, we got a lot of time between now and then what season tickets looks like, but I would, even with this great home schedule you have next year, it, it, it's going to be a tough sell for people in the foundation, people in the ticket office, how they're going to convince people to come next that's year. That's like us selling a lure where the hooks fall off every time you catch a fish. You know, I mean, at some point, you ain't going to be able to sell those lures anymore. Yeah. It's been a it's been an interesting year. We'll see what there's a lot that can happen between now and then. You got 270 some odd days, and then again, you don't play the first game in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. You have a I know it's an away game, but you go to Dallas. So I guess that's better than having to go to College Station. But uh, you got two more years of going to Little Rock, and we'll see what plays out with that whole thing. Hey, hey Tommy, we got better subject material coming though. I, I got my first. Uh SEC pyramid and basketball scratched out for you. So oh, we're, we're, you're ahead of me. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's because Tennessee's number one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and Arkansas's well, ranked higher in basketball. They are well, Arkansas sliding down the pyramid. They, they got a chance to uh, to get back up a notch or two tomorrow against Duke. Arkansas so, uh, beat Purdue. They lost to Purdue. That's a scrimmage game. That's what that's why I keep saying that was a scrimmage <laughs> game. Come on, man. Yeah. You don't keep talking about how that's not an exhibition any longer. I've noticed you, you've you've, uh, you've yeah, slipped gave, that argument it gave into the me, It gave me false hope of what I thought this team was going to be. Exactly. Now they it brought me back raising. down to earth. I mean, you 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 believe Purdue laid it all on the line in a scrimmage? That's game. what Matt Painter said. Oh, I'm just I taking they, the coach at his word. Come on. I think that was the worst thing that could have <laughs> happened to this team was being Purdue. Yeah, they haven't played a lick of defense since, and hopefully. For this, for the sanity of our head basketball coach, they actually play defense tomorrow night. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Are the big Arkansas football news. Chris Paul announced yesterday that he is entering the transfer portal. 74 tackles last season for the middle linebacker. Uh, Tommy, this is Arkansas's third guy, it looks like. You have uh, Jalen Lewis, who entered Sam, Sam Bakke, according to Hog Pete, was kicked off the team. And, and then now Chris Paul... Um, this is just something we're going to see periodically throughout the week. Some guys you never heard of because they didn't play. Other guys like Paul that were contributors, unfortunately, I think are going to exit as well. It's just kind of the changing in college football. And the portal doesn't open till next week. So guys that would be signing and coming in, you know, it's this way every year. And some people, you know, overreact in, in, in a lot of estimates uh, to this news because there's no chance for the – news to counter itself so you know you're gonna have to let the dust settle keep your powder a little dry the news may seem like hey the the sky's falling everybody's leaving well next week you'll start finding about players that are coming here Mm -hmm. got the announcement from chris lowe of espn.com he sourced on the sec games in 2024 texas coming in to donald w reynolds Razorback stadium november the 16th that's the third to last game of the season Tommy, I like where that sets up in the schedule. I know you played them, I guess it was week two? Yeah, week two Mm -hmm. in 2021. I like them playing better. You have that advantage of being cold and not used to that in Austin. I kind of like where it will set up in 2024, according to Chris Lowe. Well, you know, the Big 12, they play a game. You you watching that Kansas State game? I mean, I know they weren't playing Texas, but, I mean, the idea that Texas hadn't played in the colds probably – uh, I know they're moving into this new league. But don't get me wrong, but you know they played a lot of games north of the Mason Dixon line, I mm-hmm. guess, or north of where we're north of Fayetteville. We'll put it that way uh, before. So I'm I'm not worried about some kind of big weather or uh, hoping for a big weather advantage. I'd hope to you know just for the fans' sake, play in October somewhere. But hey, you'll play. Hey, it's going to be a full house whenever you play Texas. You just hope you have a record. Uh, that makes that game worthy of, 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 of having a big crowd because the outcome means something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only real threat with having a game in November is the season had lived up to expectations or close to it. The game may not have a lot on the line. Well, there's a lot on the line tomorrow night in Bud Walden Arena. I know Arkansas with three losses, maybe it's not going to be as hyped as it would have been if they came in undefeated or with one loss, but I'm excited about it. I know you're excited about it. A lot of people are excited to either watch this game on television, listen to it here on ESPN Arkansas, or watch it on ESPN. Jay Billis and Dan Shulman on the call. Trevin Brazil got asked yesterday, hey, what about just this Duke matchup? Here was his response to playing a squad like Duke. Pretty sure every kid, you know, around my age, you know, looks at Duke as one of those top college programs, you know, which they are, you know, it's a historic program. You know, I think the game that sticks out the most is the game that Duke actually played Arkansas when it was Paulo and, you know, when J.D. Notes came over here. Uh, that was a good game. You know, it was exciting to watch. So, uh, you know, obviously Duke is one of those teams that, you you know, you watch growing up. But, you know, 
Wednesday, we got to go out there and actually play them. So. I loved watching the Fab Five documentary when you have Jalen Rose and Juwan Howard and Chris Webber talk about the sweater vest wearing, Paul, uh, collar cock Duke players. That I mean, it's the least like team in college basketball for any for any team. It's like Texas in college football. Everyone outside of Durham, North Carolina, hates them, and understandably so. But that being said, you still got to beat them tomorrow night. They got three first round picks that are walking in here, including Kyle Filipowski who's a player of the year candidate. He's going to be a lottery pick. And you heard Trevin Brazil there. Tommy, Trevin can't have these one of these up-and-down games. He's got to have a game that shows NBA scouts that he's worthy of being a first-round pick if they have a chance to win tomorrow night. Got to play some defense. You know, that's, that's what's been. They haven't protected the rim. They're not guarding people. Chuck talked about you're chasing guys down the floor. Um, you know, you, you better... You, you, you better be on your A game when it comes defensively. Shut these guys down. You can't let them come in and shoot 40-something or 50% from three. Uh, so protect the rim and play some play some defense. Give yourself a chance to win. That's going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 8 Sparky. All right, so during the break, Bruce was asking me how I feel about the state championship in football this weekend. We have those set, Tommy, and I'll go start with the 7A, which features the Fayetteville Bulldogs against Benville. My alma mater, Little Rock Christian, taking on Greenwood in a rematch of a game a couple weeks ago. Parkview battling Shiloh. Rivercrest against Warren. Boonville against Glid Rose. And then EPC, East Poinsett County, against Bigelow. I know War Memorial is going to be popping. Is it, it's in the next two weekends, right? The setup for that? Well, you've got the, the 2A, the 5A, the 6A, and the 7A all Friday and Saturday. The 8-man will be played Thursday night. The following weekend, it will be the 3A and the 4A. Okay. Uh, their, their format or their their uh, p- playoff format is just a bit different. It takes one more week. We know uh, Parkview is one of the, is the best team in 5A. Shiloh is trying to, to knock them off in a, a potential upset. That wouldn't be that big of an upset, but it would be somewhat of one. Little Rock Christian trying to get revenge on a loss earlier this week, season where Kane Archer outplayed Walker White. Uh, Fayetteville and Drake Lindsey battling Benville. Uh, how big of a surprise, I mean, you you follow this more closely than I do, how big of a, was a surprise that Benville got the upset win over Bryant last week? Well, I mean, the fact that it was at Bryant, I think, does make it an upset, but I don't think uh, it's it's surprising. I think what some would tell you is it's surprising to have two seven West teams in mm-hmm. for the first time in a while because Bryant had been so dominant in the 7A Central, and some thought you know Conway would cakewalk their way to the final, but uh, it's been a while since you've had an all-West final, and um, I think that's probably the surprise to most people. But the right four teams, as far as the ones that have played the best throughout the season, were in the semifinals, and you know the victors were the victors in those games. And the fact that Bentonville went on the road to beat Bryant's impressive. Fayetteville beat uh, Bentonville back in week seven of the season at Fayetteville. So this will be another rematch. You mentioned Little Rock Christian and Greenwood. Bentonville's looking to uh, avenge that loss from the regular season as well. Yep. So this is uh, going to be entertaining next two weekends in War Memorial Stadium. If you're in our 96-3 listing area or you just want to watch some good high school football, that is the place to do it these next two weekends. Tommy, I'm I'm going to be getting updates. I'm not going to be here this weekend. I won't be. I'll be out of pocket on Friday night. But I am curious to see what the outcome of that 
Little Rock Christian and Greenwood game where it features two of the best, I would say, four quarterbacks in the state if you include Lindsey and the young man from CAC who's, uh, whose name I'm blanking on for a sec, Grayson Wilson. So I, th- I think the, um, the, the thing people will tune in because these games will be on AETN, so wherever your, your, your PBS station is on your – you know, satellite service. You know, however you get your TV. Uh-huh. Tune in, and watch. I think people will tune in to watch two things: the the Archer kid from Greenwood, but also tune in to watch the the Lindsey kid from Fayetteville. He's going to to Minnesota. Hadn't been recruited real heavily by Arkansas. He's a pro style passer, but dude's got a great arm, and uh, I think he's fun to watch. So uh, that Fayetteville Bentonville game that that'll make that a little more interesting. He's got so. a rocket, like you're saying. He's got an absolute yeah. cannon. So uh, and and he's part of that Lindsey family. That's uh, you'd call him a legacy at Arkansas. Hi everybody, this is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year: Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures, and at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one of a kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So I appreciate you joining us as always. I know we didn't get a chance to talk to Sam Pittman yesterday like it is a custom during the season. He's got a lot on his plate. Offensive coordinator hire. Guys leaving the team. Guys he's trying to bring into the team. NIL stuff. In your opinion as we bring you into the program this morning, what do you think needs to be his biggest priority that he puts at the top of his schedule this week? Yeah, good morning, guys. Always a pleasure to be with you. Um, I'm, I think you got a lot of stuff happening all at once. I, I mean, I, I think everything maybe falls from the offensive coordinator hire, but the player interviews are necessarily have to start right away. And so I think we'll hear more on the offensive coordinator as the week develops. But these player interviews are a big deal. And um, uh, I think – I think players want to hear what Sam Pittman's vision is for moving forward, uh, what what the staff personnel is going to look like, what those players envision is, is their place on the team. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, NIL money is always going to be a thing. So uh, a lot happening all at once. And then, um, you know, you hire an offensive coordinator, and then are there any staff de- decisions that fall from that? And then – you know, maybe there's a second round of players considering what they want to do. So a lot going on all at once, and that's the nature of college football right now. Um, <clears throat> they don't have a bowl game to prepare for or, you know, a, a conference championship game to prepare for nor a bowl. So it can all be about um, staff and roster building here in the next few weeks. I know a lot of people want to hear from Coach Pittman either at the end of the next week or end of this week or next week. But I want to hear from you what you think about Chris Paul entering the portal. It's an energetic guy, brought the wood at times on defense. Him and his father, very complimentary of Coach Pittman. Were you surprised as I was to see him enter the portal and make that announcement yesterday? 
Yes, absolutely. A little bit surprised there uh, because I always had great um, respect for Chris Paul. Um, he he redshirted, and, and then his redshirt freshman year, he's playing behind um, Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders, and he still got, I want to say in the 60s, maybe 62 tackles. He had four sacks, and this is the third linebacker on that team. And he was always so complimentary of learning from those two guys and, you know, not complaining about his playing time that season. And I really felt he had that kind of um, face of the defense kind of approach, a coach's son. Uh, I was a little surprised that he wasn't uh, team captain this year. Um, And I'm certain he would have been in the running had he stayed around for next year. But just a well-spoken kid, you hate to see him go because – you know, not only his production, but what he can do to help keep a defense, you know, tie a defense together, his voice and things like that. So, yeah, it's a big loss. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, what are you expecting this? I think it's going to be a busy week for you and Bob and everyone that follows and covers the program. I think you're going to have three or four headline uh, stories to write this week. What are you expecting? News on the NIL first? Uh, current coaches not being retained, new OC hired. What do you think the flow of information is this week? Well, that's a great question, and um, I would say it's anybody's guess. I mean, obviously they've handed around at the NIL, which is important to have out there, much like Mississippi State did when, you know, they're in the midst of hiring a coach. Hey, there's going to be a lot of NIL money infused into this program. And so Arkansas has done the same. Um, having that announcement – out pretty soon would be to their benefit, obviously, uh, not only to try to retain players, but to attract ones who are seeking new pastors. And um, unfortunately, Tommy, we uh, we saw this back when NIL first came in. Uh, there was a way that the NCAA or, you know, the forces that be wanted it to be done where the players can arrange uh, advertising with people but yet it's become how much money does that school have and how is that school going to allot that money that's really not it was what it was intended to do and so that's going to that's going to be a big deal and then of course Sam Pittman said last week that you know maybe by middle of this week or late this week you know he can have an offensive coordinator name so it's all it's all going to be coming at us pretty fast so we're we're all on high alert checking with our people to you know see how this thing goes out are you expecting some current coaches to be released? I think most of us are. And, you know, do you think we'll we'll learn about that uh, when it occurs? I mean, we did with, with Dan Enos, but uh, oftentimes when, a, when, a, when they don't retain a staff member, it, you know, you have to read about it th- kind of through back channels. Yeah, sometimes that happens. And I, it's, hard to, it's hard to envision the entire staff coming back. Um, obviously, there could be some, you know, on the defensive side, some guys have proven themselves again and – people could be coming for them and then on the offensive side you know guys that their their units underperformed you know cody kennedy being the top top one there so um and you know poor morgan turner he comes aboard one year <laughs> and his top two players at the position get hurt yeah. so it's really hard to evaluate uh, you know what's happening with him but but yeah um you're still trying to keep your recruiting class together and all that so quite often that um movement occurs after signing day so um it just all depends on you know uh when when guys are informed how the players hear about it and then how that 
comes out to uh, sources and to, to the press. You know, you mentioned the tight end positions. We're talking with Tom Murphy on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. They're going to push for Luke Has to make sure he's taken care of. Ty Washington, another name they'd like to have back. Tom, of the, the upperclassmen, the guys that either have one-plus year or maybe weighing their options with the next level, who, who do you think is a player or a handful of players do you think they're really going to make a push to make sure they come back to Fayetteville this next season? Well, Sam Pittman's already stated it. Uh, with the transfer receivers, to want uh, Armstrong, Tesla, and Broden all back, because um, you know there there can be a high end with with Armstrong. I mean he he was clearly the best guy they had on you know this year. A lot of DBs um, that you'd want to have back. I mean you'd want to bring Snacks back and Jalen Braxton, and um, then of course you hope Quincy McAdoo. Uh, recovers to the point he can play football. Um, I mean, I could go down the roster. I mean, the linebackers. You, you would you would have wanted Chris Paul back. Mm-hmm. Um, they he stated he wants Hudson Clark back as a plus one. Uh, you know, so Bo Limber has already accepted an East West invitation. So that's probably tantamount to him uh, being gone. But you got Brady Latham in, on the offensive line. I mean, I know it wasn't the year he wanted. He had penalties and some. You know, he he was beaten on some plays. But man, he's a veteran, and um, you know he can help bring guys along, and I'm sure he can improve in another year too. So, but, I mean, there's a whole cast of guys you could go position by position and come up with guys you'd want to keep. Uh, Jacoby Criswell, Malachi Singleton, the list goes on and on. So, I think the rule that's changed with either the East West or the other Senior Bowl game is they can participate and still come back. No, I'm pretty sure about that, so we'll see about Limmer. But one of the questions, Tommy, you or Tom, you asked in the post game was about KJ Jefferson because, like I did, we saw his post before the game saying last game in Fayetteville or something to that nature. Did that give you a sense that Friday was his last game as the Arkansas quarterback? It, it certainly did, and I, I just kind of had the feel all along that this was going to be KJ's final year. I mean, probably wanting to go pro, but now he'll have to take that evaluation on where he might go. And certainly, it wasn't a great year at improving his stock. I mean, although his talent, you know, he he's shown what his talent can be. He's a great deep ball passer. He can avoid the rush. Um, adapting to the new scheme did not go so well. I mean, how much, you know, how much resistance did he put up to? what the new scheme was going to be, how much on board was he? And, of course, there's all, you know, always the question about what, what did the NIL do to his, um, you know, willingness to, you know, be all in, so to speak. And, I mean, he, he gave it his all in the Florida game, and, you know, you could tell he was trying, but there seemed to be some kind of, I don't know, some kind of thing going on in the locker room, which you've heard about, you know, just whispers or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so my my feel is he has played his last game, but I, I I would not close that door necessarily, depending on you know what what happens in the next few weeks. Um, and I appreciate you informing me about Limmer because the way the rules are now they're constantly changing, and uh, it's good to hear because I think Bo Limmer is an asset to this team. Don't hold me that a hundred percent, but I'm I'm like ninety nine percent sure that's the case. He's crawfishing, Tom. Yeah. He's backing up. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean I'll look into it because they what, what have they what has the NCAA done in the last few years to make rules to better help athletes and if if they can participate in a game like that and still play, I mean, what's the harm if that helps that game? It helps that player. 
and they could still get another year. So I, I will yeah. be checking into that. Well, one thing we know, the NCAA uh, passionately enforces all the rules that they do come up with. That's that's the one thing we do know. <laughs> this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.